Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. back to season six of the referendum podcast brought to you by finflamsports.com with your host big john and lead analyst jesse J. welcome to the best and the worst of week five of the nfl but real quick the chiefs and broncos game just ended for week six we're going to break that down just just a little bit before we go into the review of week five but this is your host big john with jesse J. jesse how you doing good how about you Pretty, pretty well. Um, real quick, before we get into to everything about week five and heading into week six predictions, tonight's game to, to start off week six between the Chiefs and the Broncos was a really bad game. Um, I didn't think there was too much of anything. I thought Patrick Mahomes played sloppy. I thought the receiving core for the Chiefs played sloppy. Um, the offensive line didn't look that good. Russell Wilson, he, they just need to bench him and, and, and start over. Um, and Sean Payton has been an overrated coach. I thought for so long and people gave him too much credit for if this doesn't show it, I don't know what does. Um, at the same time, this puts so much more value on the career of Drew Brees opposed to the career of Sean Payton. I just want to make that clear for everybody to know he's not that great of a coach. He has never been his career got saved because of Drew Brees and his tremendous performances. Um, but Jesse, what do you think about tonight's game on your side? Uh I thought the main takeaway I had was the Chiefs need another receiver. They're going to need to make a move for another receiver. I I think you have Travis Kelsey, who obviously he's been banged up, but he's still really effective. Rasheed Rice, who I think is a he's the rookie second round pick. He's emerging as a weapon for Patrick Mahomes, but he is a rookie, and I don't think he's ready to get seven or eight targets every game. They need another veteran receiver that can get you six or seven targets a game that can be a compliment to Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. And I think if they do that, their offense will be fine. But right now. I think what you're saying is a lack of faith in any receiver not named Kelsey or Rasheed Rice. Absolutely. And Kadarius Tony had that one touchdown, but that was about it. Well, um, Kadarius Tony is right now, he's kind of in the McCall Hardman role where he's kind of doing gadget stuff in a lot of short passes, which is fine, but he's not someone who he'll get four or five targets a game, but he's not someone you can rely on to have explosive plays as of right now. Uh, well, and, and- and to, to just jump on that real quick, McCole Harbin was never that great of a player to me. 
I believe, because he had a lot of the same problems that, that Tony has, and that's dropping the dropping the ball. Yeah, and, and that's something where McCole, you never felt like he lived up to to his full potential, but his one of his best years, he had what over six hundred yards, six hundred, nearly seven hundred yards. I mean, at this point, that the if the Chiefs, if you're the Chiefs, you would take something like that. I don't think they'll bring McCole Hardman back, but they they're definitely going to be in the market for a veteran receiver because they are one legit. I, I wouldn't even say great weapon, but just a legit NFL caliber receiver away from their offense clicking on all cylinders. I think you have Kelsey, you have Pacheco. Uh, McKinnon helps in the passing game. Uh, Rasheed Rice is coming along very well. You need one more legit NFL weapon, and I think if you get that, the offense will start to click. Um, so the Broncos lost to the Chiefs, um, nineteen to eight. Just and the game. It was it was it was not a fun game to watch at all. It wasn't. Um, the points scored by the Broncos in five primetime games with Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback is 16, 11, 9, 16, and 8. The last time the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Peyton Manning was still the quarterback. I mean, it was just, it was. if you think about how long eight, how long ago eight years is, you just think of all the crazy stuff that's happened. Um, a lot of, I mean, there were, uh, most streaming services weren't even around eight years ago. Uh, and yeah. it, it, it just, it's really shocking how far Denver has fallen. The, well, the Chiefs well, now hold NFL's longest active win streak with 16 straight consecutive wins against the Broncos. And it wasn't like Denver, well, well, they've not made the playoffs since 2015. It's not like they've been bad the entire time. They've had competitive teams. They've had good defenses. It's just they, when they've played, when they've been playing the Chiefs, especially as Mahomes has become the Chiefs quarterback, they, they play at times tight games against the Chiefs. But when it comes down to it, they just don't. They they don't have the weapons to beat them and just repeatedly I, I it, it feels like for most of these games it's usually the same thing the Chiefs play down to the Broncos Broncos can kind of hold the Chiefs offense down a little bit but eventually the Chiefs will make a couple plays and win the game absolutely and, and if you're the Broncos it just has to be super frustrating most of those guys on I, I mean I think basically every guy on that team or all those guys on the team haven't beaten Patrick Mahomes yet and it's just it's got to be frustrating, and you can tell that's the team that's about to start to sell off pieces and get rid of a bunch of players to get picks back. Well, and there's a lot of people that are going to be in the hot seat um, with the Denver Broncos in, in the, the next weeks. you got George Patton, the, the GM, Sean Payton, the head coach, Russell Wilson, the starting quarterback, it, um, Jerry Judy, good at all tonight. The, the entire organization is in shambles. Um, it's they're not they're not a fun team to watch. No matter they're so bad, they're not fun to watch. But Arizona can be so bad, but they're still better to watch. I have a lot more. Uh, I enjoy myself a lot more watching them play football post the Broncos. There's a difference. Yeah, and it's just when you when you think of when you think of the Denver Broncos, and really it was the first I would say basically after Peyton May retired in sixteen and seventeen, they were still competitive. And basically, since Mahomes has become the full full time quarterback for the Chiefs, this just this rivalry has been competitive. The Broncos have slowly fallen apart. They had they had a defense that at one point was a top five defense. It's now a shell of itself. I know in this game they held the Chiefs to nineteen points, but I feel like that was mainly more of what the Chiefs were doing than what the Broncos were doing. The Chiefs between the twenties were moving the ball fine. Just when they started getting the red zone, it really you could really see the lack of options other than Travis Kelsey. Or or Rasheed Rice, you just you see the lack of options there, and if you're the Broncos, you gotta you gotta start getting picks back. You've traded multiple first round picks for Russell Wilson. You trade a first round pick for Sean Payton. Your team lacks talent. You're in kind of a rebuild mode. 
it's time to trade off guys and get picks now. I couldn't agree more. Um, and even tonight, um, the Chiefs attempted a quarterback sneak for the first time since Patrick Mahomes dislocated his kneecap during a Thursday night football game against the Broncos in 2019. Um, and this is the, the closest they came to, to even attempting that since then. So it's been quite a few years in football years since Mahomes had even tried that. And tonight they did try that and they failed miserably. Well, that, that was Mahomes. That was, that was a, that was like, that was a tight end sneak. Yes, but I'm saying since then they haven't even tried, attempted. Oh yeah, they've tried the tight end sneak a few times, but overall, I just I feel like what the Chiefs were doing in this game was just throwing a like, bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what stu- uh, what sticks. Uh, you saw a lot of reverses. They had Kadarius Tony run the option. They tried a tight end sneak on a fake field goal, running behind a 240 pound long snapper as your center. It 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 just it felt like the Chiefs didn't take the game seriously. No, it didn't. It, it really showed. It, it felt like they were just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall to see what stuck. And it, it, the lack of respect the Chiefs had for the Broncos is just astounding. They, they were willing to do all this crazy shit. And they basically were like, yeah, we even if you get within a score, we'll go down and we'll kick a field goal and the game will be over. It just it was astounding to watch. This was as bad as I always call um, NBA games when they're slop. They're just not fun to watch. Um, and I hate to keep pushing that point, but it was not enjoyable, um, but just, you know, we capped that off. Let's go through some of the news um, from week five heading into week six. Deshaun Watson is out versus the 49ers this week. The Colts are still interested in getting Jerry Judy from the Broncos, ironically, who had a um, war of words with uh, Steve Smith Sr. Can you tell us what that was about today, Jess? So basically, about that? Steve Smith, he goes, to talk, he goes and talks to a lot of young receivers. I believe he talked to Rasheed Rice tonight. Uh, and they had a conversation, but typically he'll give some feedback to young young wide receivers try to help him out. And apparently Jerry Judy's not been overly receptive. And Jerry Judy, basically, the way I take it is that Jerry Judy basically was like, okay, well I'm gonna have a big night tonight, and he had three catches for 14 yards. I do think Jerry, what the criticism Steve Smith had about Jerry Judy are completely valid. Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy was someone I thought coming into the league was going to be a top level receiver. It just hasn't clicked. Some of it's been quarterback play. Some of it's been the offensive coaches. Some of it's just been him. And he he has just been kind of just a – C. Smith called him a jag, just a guy. And that's really kind of what he's been. He's been a, he's been a fine NFL receiver, but you're always expecting more of him and not getting it. And that's basically been his career, at least for the first four years. Well, Steve Smith looked right tonight. Um, what else we got? The running back, Austin Eckler, should be playing this week for the Chargers against the Cowboys. The Falcons received Ben Jefferson in a trade from the Rams for a sixth and seventh round draft pick. The Jets are looking to trade for McCole Hardman. Um, looking to trade McCole Hardman. I'm sorry? Looking to trade McCole Hardman. Yeah, the Jets are looking to trade McCall, uh, trade off McCole Hardman. Um, Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson has been diagnosed with a strained AC joint and will likely sit out. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers organization are not happy with Matt Canada's performance as offensive coordinator, and uh, he appears to be in the hot seat. The Cardinals also appear to be finished with Kyler Murray as they truly have no hope for him to be successful in Arizona as their starting quarterback. I'm not sure if I missed anything. Do you have any other news that I that, that I that I missed, Jess, or no? Yeah, no. I, the most interesting thing to me is I'm interested in see what the what the Falcons do with Van Jefferson. They're making that trade because they they they're banking on the fact Desmond Ritter would continue to get better. Exactly. And if you look at their team, they have offensive talent. They just need better quarterback play. If they can get consistent quarterback play, I think they could be a fun team in the playoffs. I don't think 
they're Super Bowl contender by any means, but they, they have fun players on offense. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. If they can get consistent quarterback play, they should be a fun team. I agree with that. Um, okay, let's get into it. We, um, week five review. Who was your game of the week? Uh, I had Chiefs and Vikings. I thought it was a really fun and entertaining game. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably a little bit frustrated at times with the offense. And you were a little bit worried about Kelsey uh, getting banged up in the game. But mm-hmm. I, I thought it was the most fun game of the weekend. Of course, it gets marred because people are upset. And there's a little bit of controversy over a pass interference, no pass interference, or Steve taking off his helmet. Which, one, don't think it was pass interference. Receiver didn't even try to work back to the ball. It was uncatchable. Just it was a stupid dumb argument to begin with. And Sneed taking off his helmet. Obviously, most of the time it's gonna be penalized. I think in that case, I think the ref the refs gave him leniency because it wasn't like he just took his helmet off and was just oh over emotional. I think at that point there was I think there was a, some legitimacy to him questioning the, whether it should have been passed interference or not. And I think they gave him they, they they gave him a break. But it's not like it would have mattered that much if Chiefs would have kept the ball anyways. Um, so I thought that was kind of a non-issue, but overall, I had a lot of fun watching that game. I think as a casual viewer, most, most people would have enjoyed that game or at least been entertained by the game. Maybe I, I did but, not enjoy that game. Well, it, as a Chiefs fan, I thought it was boring. I thought the Chiefs were underperformed as they've done all year. Um, the Chiefs, we've been spoiled by Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs and the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense, um, and their coaching staff has, brought the quarterback play to a new level over the past five years. And it is not clicking this year. And maybe I'm suffering because of I because I've been spoiled as a Chiefs fan. Um but I'm not impressed by the Chiefs whatsoever. They are not a good team to me. Um They're no matter clear. how good Patrick Mahomes tries or um Kelsey is still a stud. You can't never take that away from him. But there's something wrong with the Chiefs organization, and I don't think it's because Eric Bannon is gone or Tyreek's gone. It's I, just, I, something's just not clicking. I, I don't even think it's that deep. I think it's just they banked on the fact that Kadarius Tony was going to be able to stay healthy and take a step at receiver. They banked on the fact that Sky Moore would be able to progress in year two. And so far, those two moves haven't worked, and those are really the two guys they were banking on to take a step forward. Also, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's not had a great season so far. No. So if you the main issue with the Chiefs has been receiver. They, they don't, outside of Travis Kelsey, they don't have someone who can get seven or eight targets consistently. Now, Rasheed Rice is part of the solution. He's somebody who looks like he can really take a step forward and be a big part of the offense. He's also a rookie in an Andy Reid offense. He's not going to get eight, nine targets immediately. So you, so if you're the Chiefs, you need to add somebody that's going to be able to eat up targets and be someone that Patrick Mahomes can trust. I really genuinely think if they get one more viable weapon, the offense is gonna it's gonna click. Their running game when they, they, their running game has been fine at times. It's been it's it's not been it's not been great, but it's been it's been fine at times. And I think if you add another weapon, it opens up the entire offense. It'll help check on the run game, it'll help Mahomes and give him another reliable target. I think everything will be smoother and everything will even out if they can get more consistency from the receiving position. If they can, yes. I still think that the offensive line is not good either. Well, um, I have a lot of problems with the team. Part of the issue, though, is Mahomes is holding the ball more. His, his time to throw isn't as quick. It's way longer than it has been the last couple of years. And a lot of that is because these guys can't get open in one-on-one situations or he does not trust them. That On some That's of the throws, point. let it go to Juju 
or let it go to Travis Kelsey, or, okay, I'm going to throw it quick to McCall Hardman. It's not there. That trust isn't there. And with that trust not being there, you're going to hold on to the ball longer and run around a little bit more. And uh, at times there's been penalties. I think that stuff will get better, but it's going to, they need to add more talent to the offense and there needs to be more trust there. And I, I, I believe they're going to, I believe they're going to add to the offense and it'll, and it will be corrected and fixed. We're still in the first half of the season. I wouldn't, I don't think you can take anything too drastic away from what they're doing until we get to around Thanksgiving. Well, my game of the week for week five was between the Indianapolis Colts for um, defeating the Tennessee Titans 25-20. Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson, the rookie, started the game for the Colts, um, got hurt again on his shoulder or AC joint, as I pointed out earlier, uh, turned out to be. And Gardner Minshew came in. And I still say that they're the best team to me because if they can win with a backup quarterback and a backup running back, and they're just doing everything they need to do to win the right way, they're still the best team in the league to me. And and in, the AFC, in the AFC, at least. I'm sorry. They're and, three, I'm sorry? They're three and two. Yes, I understand they're, that. They're a very average team. Like, the Colts are a surprise. They're not They're not anywhere close to being a contender. Okay, they're running, they're running game. Is better than the Chiefs. What's period? Okay. Well, yeah, that really matters. Oh, I'm sorry. It does matter because you, you know what? If the Chiefs running game was actually doing something like it should have been doing, why not give the ball to McKinnon like you did that one time? Then it had a flag come back. If the Chiefs running game was actually being utilized the right way, there wouldn't be as much many heart thumping situations in this game that we would have had because we're like, oh my god, this game was so bad. This, we had a lot of more breakout runs that we we didn't even get to get a chance to see. Because of the play calling, Andy Reid and Andy Reid called a horrible game tonight, and he's he's called horrible games throughout the whole season. But I'm going to say this: that the 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 roster, top to bottom, with the exception of the quarterback spot and tight end, this is the best team in the AFC. You're 100 percent wrong on that. The Col- um, the the, the game are- was interesting though because the Colts are an average team. At, I mean, what they they lost to the Jaguars, gave up 31. They beat the Texans. They they beat the Ravens, who I think we're seeing the Ravens are they're not as good as we thought they were. People thought they might be a contending team coming to the no. season with Chiefs Bengals. You thought they were a contending team. I said otherwise. Well, I mean, a lot of their issues have been their offensive weapons. Lamar's had the same problem that Mahomes has had. He's throwing great passes at times, but guys dropping it, and then what happens? You start forcing it because you're trying to throw the perfect pass because guys aren't catching the ball. And he throws a pick late in the game to the Steelers. I think the Ravens' issues are more who's catching who's catching the ball and who's not catching the ball as opposed to let's just blame the quarterback. You know, it sounds good, but I'm going to just go ahead and say that it, it, this is still my game of the week. And I, just, and I believe that the Colts played a lot better than most other teams in the, in the AFC for Week 5. And I think they looked a lot more fresher, even with Gardner Mitchell coming in as, as a backup quarterback. But as I'm going to get to later, Anthony Richardson may be a problem. Leading my team, and, the, Colts and the Colts are, right now. The Colts are a very average team. I, in no way are they a contender. In no way are they the best team in the AFC. They are a well, very have, average team. They have a tough matchup coming up this week. Yeah, they're probably they're probably in the yeah, against the Jaguars. No, so you you said if they you're using the the question that they well they lost the Jaguars. Well, what happens if they beat the Jaguars this week? You're saying that the Jaguars basically are a good team. So if they beat the Jaguars this week, then what? That makes them a better team than the Jaguars. So that makes them a good, strong team. It's a divisional game. The Colts can easily beat the Jaguars because it's a divisional game and that division's weird. But the Colts themselves, if you look at them, they're just an they're they're a nine win team. They're not a threat to anybody. 
they'll maybe they make the playoffs as a wild card. They're not a threat to anyone. Look at they them. are a three and two team right now, who may they're be four and two by the end of the week. They are. They're an average team, incredibly average. You're not winning anything with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback. Well, I can tell you this: there's no team better than the 49ers right now, and there's no team besides the 49ers who stand out above and beyond every other team in the NFL, and that's a fact. However, the best team in the AFC to me are the Colts. They just have to get the quarterback situation right. And if they still can't, and Gardner Minshew is winning games for them, they well, are that much better than you're giving them credit for. That, that's the you're talking about. Oh, well, if they got to get the quarterback situation, that's basically saying, well, other than uh, other other than Lincoln being shot, how was the play, Miss Lincoln? Like that's been, no, that, that, that's a false equivalent. Why? Because you just gave them credit for winning nine games without even knowing who the quarterback's going to be. Because their schedule is soft. I mean, the, the okay, you beat. You beat the Ravens, and okay, that's a great win. But your other win, like your other wins, are you beat the Titans? They are up and down, and you beat the Texans, who don't really have any weapons to throw to. Like they're, uh, they're I think you're being too hard on them. And they're you're not giving them enough credit because you wanted me to say that the Chiefs are the best team, or that the Chiefs are a better team when they're actually not. Um, the only thing that they have better is a tight end who can catch a ball and a quarterback who's running with his head cut off, throwing picks nonstop out oh, the right. He's got, uh, what, eight, eight touchdowns and, and five picks? What do you think – what where do you – what do you think the – what do you think the Colts record will be? And what where do you think they're going to be by the end of the season? That, Listen, that's, I'm not I, – I can't do with ifs when it comes to the Colts right now. Why? I have to look at it for face value for what it is right now. A contender. They are a contender for the uh, playoffs. When it, when it comes to the Chiefs and the Bills, what do I think they're going to be? They're going to be the top two seeds probably in the AFC. Maybe the Dolphins edge out. The, the Bills, Bills are still overrated, for, if you ask me. I don't trust Josh Allen. Just like you have told me, you don't trust Josh Allen. I would never trust Josh Allen in a game against the Colts. Why? Because he has the fucking knack to throw an interception at the worst times, as you pointed out to me so many other times throughout his career in the playoffs. Yeah, he but if you, look, if, you look last, if you look at the last few seasons, the answer to the question of who's a contender is, who is your quarterback, are they healthy, and are you playing well? And for better or worse, when it comes late in the year, who are the quarterbacks who I know are going to be there late in the season in the AFC? It has been Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Nowhere in there is an average quarterback like Gardner Minshew. Um, actually, he's played well versus top teams, so I'm just letting you know. He's he, never. He, done almost, he, he almost beat a a 12 and and five team last year in the Dallas Cow with the Dallas Cow. Cow I guess okay. Dallas Cowboys, the okay. Philadelphia Eagles. I'm just saying. He, he was on the best team in the NFC, and he barely lost to the Cowboys. Well, they weren't the best team in the league, and he still played well for him being him, for you not giving him enough credit for him being a good starting oh, he, backup quarterback. Didn't you play for the – he was playing for the best team in the NFC. Okay. Last season, he played for the – Anyway, this was my best game of the week. Yeah, well, um, I mean, you picked a shitty team as your best team in the AFC. Anyways, moving on. Um, so the, let's move on to the five disappointments of the week. Teams, players, or coaches. For right now, my number one is Lamar Jackson. He is not good, and he has consistently not done well against the Steelers. He's lost four of the past five matches against the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. Um, whatever it is, maybe it may be the divisional aspect of it, but he is not good against them. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And that defense for the for the Pittsburgh shooters, as I was going to get into later, but Roger's bringing it up now, is really good. I don't even think it's that deep. I think it's that Lamar had I Lamar uh-huh. had some good throws. His his guys just didn't catch the ball, and then he had one forced throw to Odell Beckham Jr. in the end zone. Odell didn't really fight through the he didn't really fight through the DB, and it got picked off. That was the I'm difference. sorry. His his awareness his awareness in the pocket is horrific. I don't care if they got somebody behind him, and you can't, and you're supposed to be that good about running away from the guy, and you're not even paying attention. Yeah, you gotta, come on now. They forced the fumble and he lost the ball. This guy is patty caking the ball after the guy picked it up because he turned over the ball. The reason that happened, though, is because he doesn't trust his receivers. And when quarterbacks don't trust their receivers, what do they do? They throw checkdowns. It was in three seconds when he when he hiked the ball. They when when quarterbacks don't trust their weapons, they throw a lot of checkdowns to running backs or tight ends or whoever is blocking and releasing or they hold on to the ball and try to extend the play. And that was the one mistake Lamar made. Lamar held off the ball, and then there was a strip sack. Lamar is not the problem for the Ravens. The Ravens, yes, he is. The biggest problem for the Ravens is that they signed Odell Beckham Jr. He's not really done anything. And outside of Zay Flowers and at times Mark Andrews, they don't really have anyone consistent as offensive weapons. And the okay, difference. I'm sorry. You're saying Lamar's not the problem. M- Lamar had two fumbles and one interception. He lost the game for them. Lamar was 10 to 17. Lamar easily could have had three or four touchdown passes if his guys catch the ball, though. Yeah, and, and if he that, wouldn't have fumbled twice and threw a pick, that, they would have scored that, more. That doesn't happen if that doesn't happen if his guys are catching the ball. Lamar, his biggest issues came from the fact I don't think he trusts his receivers. And when you don't trust your receivers, you start throwing checkdowns. But you don't trust Zay Flowers. You don't trust Mark Andrews now. You don't trust Odell Beckham. Then why the hell did you get the people? Quit making excuses for these guys. The problems with the Chiefs are not the same problems with the Ravens, Jess. Yes, it is. The same no, it's not. The same problem. No, because you know why? The difference between them and the Chiefs, the, the Ravens have had these receivers for a while. Some of them. They just drafted Zay Flowers. Mark Andrews just, has been there forever. You just, you, you just drafted Zay Flowers, and you just brought yes, in Yes, you did. Odell Beckham is supposed to be a professional. The man's injury prone, but they knew that. So that doesn't even matter. That's at the door. Well, I mean, they are the Quit ones making excuses. Lamar Jackson lost the game for these guys. It was, that was not a Lamar game. That was a his guys can't. Two fumbles and one pick is not a Lamar game? Come on now. The issue of Lamar is who's your, who's your number one disappointment, Jess? Well, obviously, because you're wrong with Lamar. You're just completely wrong on that. My biggest no. is Josh Allen. Josh Allen again in a big spot against in a big spot against the Jaguars. You already have one AFC loss, and that was to the Jets in Week One. You lose this game to the Jaguars. The odds are the Jaguars are probably going to be someone you're competing with for seeding late in the season. You lose that game. Josh Allen had a really bad pick late in that game where he just kind of throws, he throws a post on digs, and just has a bunch of wild passes. They end up coming down and scoring a couple touchdowns late in the game, but Josh Allen losing that game in London, that's a, that's a big loss in a big spot. 
horrible, horrible spot. And that goes for the Jags to win two straight games in London. And congratulations to them. But that goes to your point that you've made from day one. I like Josh Allen earlier in his rookie year. In the first three years, I liked him. You hated him. You did not like him. You came around and you said he's a talented quarterback. But you also never left out the context that he chokes consistently. And you've been this, right. But this is who he is, though. Is He's going to – he'll throw three or four passes a game that just – he'll make you pull out your hair and you'll just, you get confused by it. And this seemingly is Josh Allen every year is just, there are a couple games that they should win and they lose because he, he just makes some awful, awful throws. Very, very bad. I mean, okay. I'm trying to think how far is it? Do I have to go to see this? Um, I'm trying to think one second, Jess, did I already pass the Stefan Diggs? Yeah. Okay. It hasn't even, uh, the, um, yes. Okay. Um, well, that was my number two. It was Josh Allen. Um, but the fact that him and Stephon Diggs, they just shouldn't be teammates. Diggs has another sideline tantrum because of the offense. And Josh Allen against the, ja- uh, the, Jag- the Jacksonville against the Jacksonville Jaguars because their offense is being so mediocre and just inconsistent at quarterback play. He has one good game. He doesn't have a good game the next game. He I think has- facing a little bit of a problem Mahomes had where when it gets desperate, what, what was the problem with Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago? It was... He's going to throw the deep ball and try to chuck it off to Tyreek Hill. What's Josh Allen's problem? It's, okay, well, things aren't going right. Let's try to throw the deep ball to Stephon Diggs. When I think they'd be better off maybe trying to trade him, get some draft picks, and reinvest into having a more complete receiving core. Well, I don't think Josh Allen's going to last for, any, um, for years to come. They're, you you pointed out their window of opportunity to win is closing, and it's closing fast. Well, yeah, I mean, you 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 think about it. They have to make a decision on Gabe Davis after the season. Stephon Diggs, I don't think he's going to be on the Bills next year. And you start looking, you start looking at their offensive defense, and it's a lot of older players now. And and I think we're kind of at the point with the Bills where they're going to have to kind of start. It's going to have to be a soft reboot with this team. You still there? You hear me? Yeah. What happened? And who else did you have? Oh, second, uh, my second one was uh, the Dallas Cowboys. This was their chance. To th- this was their chance to prove that they're a real contender. They're just not. They're not a real contender. I don't care what they do the rest of the season. I don't care if they beat the Eagles. They're not a real contender. No, they're not. The, the, this was this was the game. You play San Francisco. You've lost them the last two years in the playoffs. You come out and you get absolutely blown up. I think the 49ers are good. I don't think they're 42 to 10 over the Cowboys. Good. I think what we saw was a big mismatch in coaching. Kyle Shanahan really good at what he does. Mike McCarthy, never really been a big fan of him. In this game, you saw the difference in coaching. Agreed. Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat. And if he's the one calling the plays over Brian Schottenheimer, who has done a lot of good things in this league, he's the problem. And Jerry Jones' ego is the problem. He came out and said, Dak Prescott is is our quarterback, and I believe he could win us a, a Super Bowl. That's all conjecture. You have no proof to back that up with. Because Dak Prescott has failed over and over and over. Skip Bayless gave Dak Prescott a, a great name this week, and he he labeled him Dak Strescott. I laughed my ass off because that's fucking hilarious. It's it's accurate. I don't even think Dak is necessarily the biggest problem. I just think it, when when you go into games with Mike McCarthy as your head coach, you're at a disadvantage immediately because he's not – outside of him having Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' prime, he's not really been a good head coach. It got really ugly there towards the end of his time with the Packers. And then I would say from beginning to now, it's gotten worse consistently with the Cowboys. Like he just, 
he, I feel like Mike McCarthy, the book on him is out. You kind of know how to attack his offense. And Dak's not good enough where he's just going to – he's going to uplift everyone. I think Dak's a good quarterback, but he's not going to just, okay, well, things are going wrong. I'm just going to throw for 400 yards and I can make it work. Do the Cowboys get rid of Dak? I don't think they will get rid of Dak, but I think it's on the table. What's well, it's a fifty million dollar hit. Do they eat it or not? I I think a lot of it's gonna come out to how they view Trey Lance and how the season ends with Dak, because the, that's really your last gasp. If you're gonna keep Mike McCarthy, that's your last gasp. Is that well, Dak and Mike McCarthy didn't fit well, and we're gonna try Trey Lance now because. I don't think Dak – well, I don't think he's the – he's going to be the savior. I don't think he's the biggest problem. I think it's Mike McCarthy. Okay. Now, what about the fact that they – that their defense didn't show up in the game? Their defense – you're supposed to have the 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 defensive player of the year on on your defensive side, and he didn't even show up. He, yeah, he I, failed miserably. I think the issue here is just this is, what, the third or fourth time in a couple seasons we've seen the Cowboys and 49ers play. I think the 49ers has figured out what the Cowboys what the Cowboys do. They yes. don't have the best corner in uh Trayvon Diggs who got who got injured he's out for the year. And well, they did a nice job on Parsons. Outside of that, the Cowboys defense really isn't anything special. The no. Cowboys defense is built on having Trayvon Diggs, Michael Parsons, uh Demarcus Lawrence. It's built on having a pass rush and a star corner. And outside of that, everyone's kind of interchangeable. And I think that's what we saw is they have a bunch of interchangeable parts without their best, without the best player in the secondary, and they got picked apart. Listen, I like Michael Parsons, but you know what? Miles Garrett is better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this was this was a spot for the Cowboys where they just, I think the 49ers are first off. I think the 49ers are a really good team. Like they're a team that's going, they're going to be really dangerous, and they're going to be around in a tough team and come come playoff time. But I don't think they are 42 to 10 better than the Cowboys. I think a lot of it was coaching. I think the Cowboys clearly weren't prepared coming to this game. Either about the statement that Michael Parsons said. Either they weren't prepared or they severely misjudged how how good they were and they were too arrogant coming into the game. Uh, as good as the 49ers are, I don't think they're that much better than the Cowboys. What do you think about the fact that Michael Parsons said on his podcast that he believed um, that they were still on the same level of – the Dallas Cowboys, they just happen to do really bad. But he premised it by saying, yeah, you guys first started catching three touchdowns on us. Well, yeah, you guys got obliterated. You guys aren't on the same level. You guys got played, and you guys got exposed. I think You guys were overhyped, and you guys I, aren't that good. I think, I think the 49ers are clearly better than the Cowboys, but I don't think the gap is that big. I mean, we saw them in two playoff games where they were one-possession games, and they were back-and-forth competitive games. And, well, with the with the well, in, you know, the context of quarterback. Yeah, yeah, th- th- things change from year to year in the NFL. I don't think the gap's that big, but I think what we really saw was a team that constantly evolves in the 49ers and a team that hasn't evolved in the Cowboys. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Okay. Um, who's your number two? Oh, you mean my number three? My number first three. I'm sorry. The Cowboys. My third was Washington's defense. They they need to get rid of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. That defense yep. is they have way too many big time picks. <laughs> to be as bad as they are. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And they have first-round picks everywhere on that defense. They have highly paid guys everywhere on that defense. You can't be that bad and keep your job if you're Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. No, you're supposed to be two defensive-minded guys, one part of the all-time great 1985 Bears, and yet you play like that and you coach. You, well, I'm sorry. You played like that, but you don't coach like 
you played. You're not doing yep. well as a coach. You haven't. You got bailed out by Cam Newton. You let you cost your team last year a playoff spot with Taylor Heineke. Jack Del Rio, you're supposed to be a defensive minded guy. What is happening with you? Their defense out outside of the COVID year where they made the playoffs with. Uh, Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke uh, mainly being their starting quarterback. They haven't, they haven't, their defense hasn't really shown up. That in 2020, their defense was solid, but since then, it has never been as good, it, which would lead me to believe that it was a, it was kind of a fluke. But when I look at their roster, they have talent everywhere, which would lead me to believe it was a fluke with your coaching, not your players. Right. And, and I think at this point, we're about like what a week or two away from them firing Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. And making Eric Bien be the head coach. I, I, I think their offense has problems, but I think it's mainly talent issues. Like Sam Howell is what a fifth round first year or second year quarterback. I think that's yeah. the biggest issue with a commander's offense is that you have Eric Bien who's trying to bring along a quarterback who wasn't fully developed and NFL teams, at least in the going into the NFL drafts, thought he had limitations. But well, I think and, and, and what does it do to the enemy? Who wouldn't even want to coach him, or how do you know he would even want to, to, to have him there as his pick to play quarterback? Yeah, and, and, I, and I think the enemy's done a good job outside of one game versus Buffalo. Their offense has been okay, but it's amplified when their defense is that bad. Like their defense, giving up 40 points, 30 points a week, like you, you can't win like that when you have a young quarterback like Sam Howell. Even though they have talent offensively, you can't expect the rookie or the, I guess, second year player, but he's basically a rookie fifth round quarterback to go go out there and win games. He's not, this isn't the 49ers with Brock Purdy. This is, this is a team that is, this is a team that while you should have the defensive players, they don't have, they have good skill players, not great skill players. And you're asking a lot of Eric Bainme to do with Sam Howell. And if you're not going to give him a defense, it just, I don't know what you're doing there. If you're Ron Rivera and Jack Dario. See, they've been, I have not been impressed with them whatsoever. I think that the, the entire coaching staff has dropped the ball. Um, the only good showing that they've had to me was the bout against the Eagles where they went to overtime and the Eagles beat the commanders, um, 34, 31. Other than that, that's the only thing I thought that was actually any good, um, that they did. Excuse me. Um, I'm not sold on, I'm not sold on them whatsoever. Uh, my, uh, fourth, fourth, um, disappointment was going to be Mike McCarthy, but we already spoke about him. So I'm going to just go to my fifth one. And even though the Raiders won. I still, I'm still calling for Josh McDaniels to be fired. He's not a good coach, at all. Yeah, despite the win, I just he's he's an awful coach. He's awful. Yeah. Who's your fifth one? So my fourth and fifth one, the fourth one we talked about at the Ravens. Just you can't you can't have that game where Kenny Pickett basically plays terrible for most of the game and then has the 40 yard touchdown pass to beat you. You just can't have that. Yes. And then, Great. and then with the Patriots, I mean, you're a complete mess. You need to start trading off pieces. You need to think about what you. Are going to do with Belichick long term? That that team is just a complete disaster. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I I said it in several weeks before um, on the show that Bill Belichick either needs to step away or Robert Kraft needs to make the decision to say you will no longer be doing the draft process. You are no longer no longer be in control of the of the draft picks because you the, haven't done any good for this league I, or for, I the, for this team. I don't think it's that, oh, man, Bill Belichick, he's nothing without Tom Brady. Because if you look at their first three Super Bowls, it was mainly a defense-heavy team with Brady as kind of the – kind. Of, I, mean, I don't want to say game manager, but he basically was a game manager. 
that it was they had an elite defense and a quarterback that didn't ruin things, and that's how the NFL worked. You could win with a game manager. But I'm sorry, but that wasn't because of that wasn't because of Bill Belichick. That's because Bill Barcells already had that team built. You well, remember that? That's that more of a Belichick team. That no, it was not. Do you not remember that? Parcells was there in the mid in the mid to late nineties. Belichick had that by the end by the th- by the time they had that third Super Bowl. That was Bell. That was firmly Belichick's team. Those players were be- because of Bill Parcells. No, I, I I won't go that far. But look at look I, it up. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't think it's that Belichick isn't a good coach because his defenses are still. I mean, up until the last couple of weeks, his when it seems like his team has kind of given up on. On the season. Oh, yeah, his defense are so good that they're getting blown out and they're letting no, the, the first three Yeah, weeks, you're right. The first three weeks, his defenses were pretty good. I don't think it's that he doesn't know how to coach. I think it's his unwillingness to adapt to have the NFL change. Like you can't, you can't win with that. That may Jones. be a valid point. You can't win with Mac Jones. He's a stationary quarterback. He doesn't have a great arm. If you're going to win with him, you have to have elite pieces everywhere, and you have to have good play calling. You have to, you have to have a lot of great pieces to surround him, and they don't. But they keep trotting Mac Jones out there. He's not. He's clearly not the guy. And his his style just hasn't adapted. Like the, the NFL, I would say over the last five or six years, the NFL's become the NFL's become a league where you need your quarterback. Your quarterback is the most important thing, and it's been like that for a while. But really, I would say over the last five or six years, it's become very important to have your quarterback. He needs to be great, and if he's not great, you have a hard time winning. That's fair. It, it, this isn't. This isn't. This isn't a type of thing where you can win 17-13 anymore. you got to be able to at least get 20 points, and that's not something Matt Jones or the Patriots office can't consistently do. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything on Matt Jones. I don't remember who the, who the backup quarterback was that they were talking about starting. Bailey, um, Bailey's, I'm sorry? Bailey Zappi. Where is he from? I believe he played at Western Kentucky. Wait, who's Will Greer then? They said Will Greer was started. Mac Jones oh, continues to struggle. Will Greer is another practice squad quarterback. My guess is they go to Bailey Zappi first. Will Greer, Will Greer, I believe, played at Florida and then played at West Virginia. It says uh, the Patriots could turn to Will Greer as their starting as their starter if Mac Jones continues to struggle. Said Greg Bedard. Uh, from talking to people around the team, I think if Mac Jones doesn't succeed this week, if he doesn't retain his job, I think it's Will Greer's. Greer was brilliant in the preseason for the Cowboys and could provide a spark to an offense that needs one desperately. This uh, this week for Mac Jones against the Raiders is huge. It's a huge win, and he needs to have a breakout game. Yeah, I think they'll go to Bailey Zappi first. I, he's been on the team, knows probably knows the offense a little bit more. Wilker's not been there that long. I think they go to Bailey Zappi first. I, I just think the Patriots are in a situation where you just need to start trading off pieces now. It, it's time to trade off pieces, get draft picks, and rebuild this team. You You need to make a decision right now. Are you going to rebuild the team? And is Belichick going to be the person who's going to oversee the rebuild? And right. you have to make those decisions, I would say, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, so do you think he should retire at all or no? I don't think Bill Belichick should retire, but I think it's time for them to move on from each other. I think I think if Belichick wants to go somewhere else and be a head coach, I think he'd get that opportunity. Um, I, I think they both need a refresh. I just think everyone needs a refresh. And uh, <laughs> I, think it could be, I think it'd be good for both sides to just have a refresh and to do something different. Okay. Um. Those are the five disappointments. Let's go to the five surprises of the of the week for week five. Teams, players, or coaches. Number one, who you got, Jess? Desmond Ritter. He he looked good. Um, he looked weirdly he, good. That's also my number one. Yeah, I, I thought Desmond Ritter looked good, and I think it's one of the reasons they made the trade for uh, Van Jefferson is that I think the Falcons believe that if they continue, if they add a weapon or two more, that Ritter's going to advance and take the next step. 
right now he's been pretty good at home games, but you need that to kind of move on to the road so you go get another weapon. The Falcons' season comes down to whether Desmond Ritter can be a consistent starting quarterback or not. If he can be a consistent starting quarterback, they're going to have a shot at the playoffs, and I think their future is bright. If not, they're going to be in some trouble. So um, the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, Desmond Ritter, won won themselves another week after defeating the Houston Texans 21-19 after um, C.J. Stroud gave the Houston Texans the go-ahead touchdown to put them ahead. And Kim Young-Chung, or whatever the hell his name is, um, sealed the game. He ended the game for them. And it was a needed win that they had to have. How dare you disrespect He, he, he did play well. How dare you disrespect Young Hoku? I can't even remember his name ever. How, how, how dare you disrespect him? One of the best kickers in the NFL. Best? Oh, no. One, no, not, not, not the best. One of the best. I, I, I don't know about that. He's one, he's one of the five best kickers in the NFL. Trust me. Okay, anyways. Um, but, yeah, they, they bought themselves an extra week. I don't know how he played like that. Honestly, I don't. I think you and I maybe had discussed that for a moment um, because he plays like ass. Uh, but he's also never lost a home game in his football career. And he was at home last week, and he plays at home this week. We'll get into that for week six, for, uh, week six predictions um, later on. But they bought themselves another week. I'm still calling for Heineke to start because – after these games that we've seen Desmond Ritter play, we know he's not consistent and we know he's going to flop. Is that a fair assessment? Is that a fair analysis? I mean, with, with, yeah, with Desmond Ritter, he's been very uneven. Um, you want him to be kind of what he was in college, which is just a, which is just, he doesn't need to be great. He just needs to be a serviceable, good quarterback. And you're still in the process of finding that out. You have a game against the commanders that would probably be somewhat high scoring because I don't, I don't really know if either team is going to stop each other. So th- this is a big test for Desmond. This next game is going to be a big test for him. I thought this Texas game was a good first step, but you need you need to build on it. I'm with you on that. Um, who you got for number two? I have Justin Fields. Justin Fields, who had the big game versus the Commanders. I know their defense stinks, but I think he's had he's had two games versus two of the worst defenses in the NFL in the Denver Broncos and uh, the Washington Commanders. But I think you're starting to see him take a step forward. And I think the Bears, you're starting to see them get back to a little bit of what they did last year, which is run fields and spots, play action, take shots down the field. And this time with DJ Moore, you actually have a guy who is a deep threat. So it's against bad competition, but I I think you have to be encouraged about what you have seen from fields if you're a Bears fan. That was my my fifth one um, for the Bears that the Chicago, Chicago Bears actually won. That was my fifth surprise. Um, so I, I echo everything you said. Um, my number two is the Arizona Cardinals are a tough team, even, even if they lose. They have been extremely competitive, and they may be a team on the cusp of being a team who wins in the future. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are thinking about getting rid of Kyler Murray, as I expressed earlier. Um, and, you know, Joshua Dobbs seems like a good guy, and he seems like a good quarterback fit for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it's, he's not, a- all about, it's not all about him. It's about the team. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He, he's just in a tough spot because that team, does, they just don't have any, they don't really have any weapons. That yes. I think. I think Dobbs is going to be an interesting name towards the trade deadline because I think he's serviceable enough to be a, I think he's a serviceable enough quarterback for a team that is looking for an upgraded quarterback. Uh, I know he didn't have a great game versus the Bengals, but I think that's just more reflective of Arizona's actual weapons as opposed to him as a quarterback. The refs did make some bad calls during that game to be fair. And he did make some great throws in that game. Yeah. I, I think Dobbs Dobbs is a good enough quarterback to give you a chance if you have good play calling or good surrounding pieces uh, for him. And I think very smart thing with what we're seeing with Arizona is just, they do have limitations and it's going to be a rocky season, but I think Dobbs at least gives you a puncher's chance in a given game. Yeah. And he's a, he's a very mobile quarterback. Yeah. Um, That's, that's one of the assets he does have is that he's not just going to be a statue back there. He he does have some mobility to him. Yes, sir. Um, Who's your number two? Well, my my number three is um, it it, it was Jaguars. Uh, that them having a big win versus the Bills, that's the type of that's the type of win you needed if you're the Jaguars. You already lost to the Chiefs, you had a bad loss to the Texans. You needed a statement win to show that you're one of the better teams in the AFC, and beating the Bills is exactly that for them. That's fair. I agree with that. Um, do you think, as of right now, heading into Week Six, that Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Josh Allen? I don't. Even though they went to head to head and he beat him. Just overall gameplay, I would. Would you agree? I'll make a. I'll make the statement then. I think Trevor Lawrence has been a better performing quarterback thus far than Josh Allen. Agree or disagree? I don't think. I, I don't. I don't think Lawrence has had the game where he just. I'm going to take over the game, and I'm going to have four or five touchdowns. But I think he is week to week more consistent than Josh Allen. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep. Um. My number four. I think my number three. I'm sorry. Um. The Los Angeles Rams are a really good team. They lack an aggressive running game, which will hurt them down the stretch, as I think it did in this game versus the Eagles, um, because they need something to eat the clock with. You can't put the ball in the Eagles' hands, or you can't put the ball in a team like that um, in, in their possession. You can't get the, the ball to them at all. The defensive front is young, but it will get better as the season progresses. You would think so. Just as you have mentioned to me many times, offensive lines always start off bad, and they get way better towards the end, barring injuries, right? Yeah, I think I, I, the same thing can be said for the defense. My biggest takeaway from the Rams is that the Eagles just kind of leaned on them. The, the The Rams have a lot of young players on defense, and they just kind of – they were able to run a bunch of plays. They had 38 pass attempts and 39 run attempts. And it was the it was the Rams just not being able to get off the field, um, and they got tired defensively because you have a lot of young – you have a lot of young players on that team. Yes. And when it comes to – when it comes to the Rams – they don't like they had Cooper Cup and they had Puka Nakua, but they don't really have a consistent 
they don't have a consistent run game right now, and they're not necessarily at the point where they can throw the ball 45 times. They're, 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 and, they're, and, you're, and you're exactly right. They're, the Rams need to be more of a balanced team if they're going to win. And that's and, on that's on Sean, McV- uh, Sean McVay. Yeah, they, they, they need to be more balanced. And it, it's hard to be balanced when you're not when you don't really have possession and you, you're kind of struggling like they did. But I didn't I, I didn't I feel like he abandoned the run too quick. The game never really got out of hand. Yeah, I felt like I felt like him not sticking with a run is really what hurt them in this game. I, I agree 100 percent. And you could tell he looked frustrated with himself. But why not make the calls that you're supposed to make? And you, you're right. That game was closer than, than you would think just looking at the, you know, just looking at the score because it wasn't that big of a gap. They had a chance to, to score and then boom, bad things happen. 23-14. Yeah, I, I believe Stafford had a, he had a missed throw to Tutu Atwell that would have been a touchdown. He had a, he had yes. a, he had a, he's kind of forced in there and missed. And I, and I think that's kind of the thing with the Rams is, the Rams have a – they're kind of doing a little bit of what the Chiefs did last year is play a bunch of young players. They just don't have the high-end players. Uh, well, Puka Nakua has been a, has been a goldmine for them thus far. Uh, Cooper Cup came back like he was – he never left, and he played really well. Yeah, it, it, the, the Rams are kind of – yeah, the Rams in that way, they're doing a little bit of what the Chiefs did. It's just we're going to – we took a bunch of young players and we're playing them. The problem is you don't have Patrick Mahomes. You don't have Travis Kelsey. They have Aaron Donald who, you know, similar to Chris Jones. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs has had, the Chiefs had more established players than the Rams do right now. The Rams are younger, especially in the secondary, and I feel like that was part of the issue in this game. Yes, and you know, so as a receiving core, you had Cooper Cup, who had 118 yards with eight receptions. That's pretty damn good for his first game back, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, um, he had a good game coming back. What is the name? Puka Nakua. He had. 7 for 71. 7 for 71. 71, yes, sir. And is that Tyler Higby? Yeah, H- Higby at 2 for 20. 2-2 well, 2 for 9 in a touchdown. And then Kyrie Williams had two catches for four yards. Now, see, if they had a little bit more consistency in the bottom three, they'd be good, right? You would think, right? Yeah, I mean, w- w- with the Rams, I think a lot of their passing game is that – I think a lot of their passing game outside of Cup and Nakua needs to be play action, take shot deep. That, that's what 2-2 Atwell is. He is a he is a deep threat. He's not really going. He's not really going to be a guy who's going to have the eight receptions for like a hundred yards. I mean, I think he did that earlier in the game or earlier this year, but he's not. That's not typically who he's going to be. He's a guy who's a big play guy, right? Well, and their defense did not put a lot of pressure, um, as you were saying, on the offense like they should have. Aaron Donald didn't even have a sack. Um, I don't think the entire team had a sack. Maybe one of them, but uh, Van, Van Valkenberg. I don't know. It was by Zach Van Valkenberg. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Um, they need they they need to establish that defense, and I hope it gets better. Do you think that defense can get better down down the stretch? Yeah, they they the Rams. I mean, at this point, they have to be one of the team, one of the few teams playing a bunch of rookies. Yes. On defense, um, I believe they'll probably get better, but the the Rams are interest in they are in an interesting spot. Because they're playing so many young guys, and the NFC is weak. But if you look at their overall roster outside of maybe Nakua, Cup, um, and Stafford, their their off their offense doesn't have a ton of other elite, no. or even really good consistent players. No. Nope. And defensively, I think they'll get better, but it's really just dependent on Aaron Donald. That's what they are. They're heavily dependent on Aaron Donald to be. Elite. I, I, the Ram, the Rams are interesting because I think they're I think they could be a playoff team. I think they'll probably give a team trouble. But I I think they kind of got a low ceiling on them because they they just don't have a bunch of premium talent like they did a few years ago. 
well, expectations were low coming in this year, and they they kind of surprised people just how consistently well they played. Yeah, they. they I I felt like they're like a five or six win team. They're probably closer to like a eight or nine win fringe playoff team. Mm-hmm. So that's credit to them, but they they still need more premium talent and just better consistent play. I agree with that. Um, who's your? I can't even think. I've done four already. My fourth well, surprise is uh, it was CJ Shroud. I didn't think he he didn't have a great game, but it's also it, it was it was one of the games where he had some challenges. And you can see some limitations with the Texans, but he still put them in a position to win the game. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, and like I, I said earlier, he had the go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, he he put him in a position to win the game late. They didn't finish. They didn't finish it off. But if you're looking for positive signs in a young quarterback, I felt like that game, uh, the driver they took the lead in that game was very big for them. And looking at the receiving core, it was pretty consistent. Where there were so many different receivers getting the ball. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good team. It's it, it's a it's a good thing for them. But they, the thing the Texans are gonna have to do going to, and they don't have a first round pick. But what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to get more reliable options for CJ Stroud. Right now, it was it was Dalton Schultz, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Robert Woods. I I like Tank Dell and I like Nico Collins. Dalton Schultz is someone they might keep around. Feels like they need one more piece. If they can get one more good piece, they're gonna be in a good position going into next year. Yes. Well, you know, I was going to say their defense didn't really look that great against them, but their defense stopped um, their entire rushing core from doing anything, really. Bijan Robinson had 14 carries for 46 yards, who's a stud, and that's all he had. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, no, the, the Texans, the, if you're a Texans fan, you have to be there. There's two things you've got to be impressed by and things that should give you hope, which is CJ Stroud looks like he's really good. And D'Amico Ryan looks like he's a competent head coach and he's going to be able to fix that defense with a good offseason. Um, if you're in Texas, you got to be, you, you would have, you want to win this game, but you have to be thrilled that you look like you have the pieces to be a good team. I couldn't agree more. Um, who's your fifth one? Uh, it was the Steelers with the comeback win. Uh, their defense able to make the big plays and finish that game off. I'm still, I know Kenny Pickett had to throw to Pickens to take the lead. I'm still not sold on him, but I, I think the Steelers defense is the Steelers defense is legitimately good and it's gonna keep them in most games. I just think Kenny Pickett is the biggest problem and I don't know how you can trust him going forward. I couldn't agree more. And coming from you, that's that says a lot because you know, coming into the season, we were pretty, you know, sold on the fact that he had a good preseason. And I think a lot of people were, honestly, that, a lot of people were. So, football were sold on the fact that Kenny Pickett was doing good things in the preseason, but that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, that, that was one of the things I cautioned against, just because he looked, people were like, oh, wow, he's winging it around the preseason. That a lot of times, preseason at times for like rookie quarterbacks who are really getting their first action, you can figure out maybe a little bit if they can play. Sometimes you, sometimes it, it's not the full truth though. And just because a guy has a, a good preseason, they might stink. But sometimes you can tell right. with quarterbacks, sometimes, okay, they have a nice preseason. Maybe they're a little bit more advanced than you think. With a guy like Kenny Pickett, who's playing, he played a lot in the preseason, and he played a lot against backups. He was winging it around, but when it came to the actual regular season, didn't matter. And I think what we saw in the preseason is clearly not what he is right now. I think Kenny Pickett's a very limited quarterback. He had a nice throw to Pickens, but I, I don't know how you could trust him to be the starting quarterback for that team or to – I don't know how you could expect Steelers to win anything with that guy as your quarterback. What do you say about Kirk Cousins going there? 
I don't know what the Steelers' cap situation is, but I think it would be intriguing. But I don't believe Pittsburgh would give up on Kenny Pickett. He was a guy who went to the University of Pittsburgh. He was a guy they took in the first round. I, I can't see them giving up on him this quick. I think it would be the safe bet to go with Kirk Cousins if that's even a possibility. And therefore, they have time to readjust going forward um, their, their, their scheme. It gives them breathing room to say, okay, we, can, we have time to draft this guy. He's going to be available in the next year or two. We can deal with Cousins. He's going to be consistent, good or bad. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be better than Kenny Pickett. And I think that, that's fair, too. I, I think that would be the move. I think that should be the move that teams should look for. It's like, okay, our our quarter, our quarter, young quarterback doesn't look like he has it. Let's go get a veteran guy like Kirk Cousins, maximize what we have, and then try to find and identify another quarterback. But I teams just don't do that. And I don't think, in this particular case, the series is going to give up on Kenny Pickett this quick. They're gonna try to stick it, in, or they're gonna try to stick with him and ride it out. Uh, and I, I just, I can't see them getting rid of Kenny Pickett. That'll be interesting as it, as the season goes on. Um, so my honorable mention is Zach Moss, the running back out of Utah, um, who was drafted, who was drafted by the Buffalo Bills. He played for the Indianapolis Colts. That man had a monster game. He had an, they, he signed an extension with the Colts this week, and I'm trying to see what I can't remember how many yards he had, but um, he played really, really damn well. He had, sorry, 23 carries for 165 yards, averaging 7.2 yards per carry with two touchdowns. Great game. Great, great game. You wouldn't even think that Jonathan Taylor was even part of the team still, right? He did really, really well. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons why people aren't big fans of paying running backs is that I don't think Zach Moss is as good as Jonathan Taylor, but you can, in the right system with the right scheme, right coaching, you can get elite production out of guys you just pick up in free agency or make a small trade for. Yeah, that, that was my fifth surprise. My, my honorable, my sixth, but it was an honorable mention. So you got anything else you want to add for surprises or we can move on? Uh, we can move on. Okay. Um, what's next? We got the five I told you so's. Teams, players, or coaches. Well, let me tell you, the Washington Commanders are really not that good after losing to the Chicago Bears. And who's to blame? Ron Rivera or Eric Bieniemy? We touched on this earlier. And I think the entire coaching staff is to blame. Um, that's that. Um, who you got for number one? Oh, uh, the Bills. They're they're the same team they've been the last couple of years. And people just because they had a great game versus the Dolphins, oh man, look at them. They're they're the they're the new Bills. And what happened the next week is a giant letdown versus the Jags, a team who was also a contender in the AFC. They're the the Bills are the same exact team they've been. Sean McDermott needs to fix that situation between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs or the offensive coordinator, because there's something amiss in that organization, and it's starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you think that that, um, what is it, his third or fourth temper tantrum on the sideline is just going to stay to that? It's just going to get worse in the public's eye, and they're going to see what happens. Well, I think the biggest thing is going to be if they end up losing the division to the Dolphins, which, I mean, they beat the Dolphins, but they're still a game back because they lost to the Jags. If they lose that division and they are a wild card, do things start to go south late in the season? Because I could easily see that happening on the road. They just have a complete big blow up and they lose a game they shouldn't lose. I mean, you said it since day one. That's how he is. That's how that, that's how, that's the pattern of the Buffalo Bills under Sean, under Sean McDermott. And, and, and that's kind of just, that's kind of how I feel like this season is going to go is there's going to be a game. It'll probably be a playoff game where they lose a game they shouldn't, and the Bills really have to look themselves in the mirror and figure out what are we going to do to rebuild this team. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, 
Um, my number two is Bill Belichick needs to retire. Um, so we've already covered that. Who you got for number two? Uh, uh, Vikings, Kirk, uh, Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Big numbers, limited wins. Uh, going, coming into the season, I talked about how Kirk Cousins could have a big year. But the team success would be way down. And that's basically what's happening. Kirk Cousins is having a big year. The team's not winning, though. And they're probably going to be looked to trade, uh, look to trade him at the trade deadline. Um, Justin Jefferson doesn't want to sign a long contract because of the quarterback situation. What happens with him if Kirk, if Kirk leaves? So I don't think the Vikings are going to actively be shopping Justin Jefferson, but there is the possibility that they do have to trade Justin Jefferson if they really want to get a quarterback. If you really want to get a quarterback and maximize your assets to get a quarterback, it's going to be probably trading Kirk Cousins, trading Justin Jefferson to get assets to move up in the draft. Okay. So if they're really serious, because I, I think the Vikings, I know the record, what, they're 1-4 and four right now? Yes. I don't see them being a 3-1 team. I think they'll probably get to 6 or 7 wins. I think they have talent. They'll, they'll, they'll get to 6 or 7 wins. But that's probably not going to be high enough to go get a quarterback. So you're going you're gonna to have to move assets, something big, like a Daniil Hunter, like a Justin Jefferson, if you want to go get your quarterback. And that's the decision they're going to be faced with. Do we move our talented receiver to get assets to move up and get a quarterback. And that, that's basically what the Vikings season. That, that, then, what they're going to be doing is thinking about that for the rest of the season. Well, then the problem is going to be when that happens, well, who's the quarterback going to throw to now? It's the same scenario the Panthers are in. Yep, bingo. Um, so my number three is Anthony Murchison will not last in the NFL. He's completely careless with his body. Um, we've seen that twice this year. Yes, it's only been five weeks of football. Yeah, it's who's coming out about what is the quarterback coach not doing with this guy? I don't understand that. He's he doesn't have a lot of experience playing quarterback. One of the reasons, one reason, I mean, he went number three, but he very easily could have been number one, even with Caleb Williams and Drake May coming out. Had Anthony Richardson stayed in college, there's a very real possibility he would have been number one pick. The biggest issue is that he doesn't have a ton of experience with quarterback and him getting a hit. And him taking as many hits as he has and getting hurt, a lot of it is attributed to his play style and him not being able to protect himself as quarterback because he doesn't have that experience yet. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be a problem. He's already been hurt twice this week. Um, and, yeah, so that's all I'm, 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 I'm going to leave it there. Who's your number three? Uh, for me, it's just C.J. Stroud. I think I think we are learning he's, he's a good quarterback. I yes. think we're Agreed. that the Texans got it right. And not only did they get it right with C.J. Stroud, it looks like they got it right with Will Anderson, too. And if you do that, it really improves your team fast. Now, they don't have a first-round pick next year, and it's going to be a little bit harder to kind of build your team without a first-round pick. But getting quarterback and getting edge rusher right, that's a big first step in rebuilding your team. I agree, but that's why they have leagues like the XFL. They have, they're going to have to start getting guys from those leagues, from that league, because once you don't have a draft pick, you go to the next best thing, and I think those guys who are getting the reps are showing their talent, and I think they have to go and put their ego aside and say, you know what, these guys are doing the damn good job. Let's look at them. They've been a proven product in this league. Let's see if they can capitalize in, in ours. You know? Yeah, it's just it's looking for lottery tickets. Yes. Um. Number my number four is Tyree Kill is still the best receiver in, in, in football. He had eight receptions for 181 yards this year, this week, and one touchdown. The man is on verge to hit over 3,000 yards. He's, his trajectory is. That's ridiculous. And he, I think he could do it. He could do that. He'd be the first one in history. He's that great. 
Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is you're doing this in September and October. Do it in December. I hope he does. I hope he does. And that, that is my biggest thing with the Dolphins. It's like, yeah, they're putting up big numbers right now. Where are they at in week 15, 16, 17, 18? And going into the playoffs. It, if you can still do it then, I'll be impressed. But as of right now, you did this last year. You put up big numbers. Tua got a little bit banged up. And then when he came back, he wasn't really the same. And you end up having a complete mess by the end of the season. The best part of that, the best part of that entire Dolphins organization is Tyreek Hill. Dennis Jalen Waddle. Tua is somewhere in the top 10. And Mike McDaniel, I still think, is overrated. I don't think he's that great of a coach. It's the talent around him that he has. It's not his mind that has implemented these schemes to blossom the talent that these guys have. I've had this argument earlier today. I'm not a, I, I don't think Mike McDaniels, I think he gets too much credit. But, yeah. Uh, who's your fourth one? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think he's ready to take the next step now. He had the okay. bit. He was looking for his big win, and I think he got it over Josh Allen. I think this is going to be a big thing for him. They play the Colts this week. This is your chance to take the next step and really get yourself in that top five quarter of that conversation. That, that should be really – I'm looking forward to that. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, who's your fifth one? Uh, the Panthers. They have no weapons. They This was going to be a thing coming to the years that they have a really talented defense, but they have no weapons for Bryce Young to throw the ball to. And Bryce Young also, you had question marks with could he be an NFL quarterback at his size? And what we're seeing is he has no weapons, and that team is in a big mess right now. And it really looks like, man, you should have probably have taken C.J. Stroud, which is, which the rumor is that the coaching staff in the uh, front office wanted to take C.J. Stroud, and the ownership wanted Bryce Young. Uh, and I think we're seeing that the Panthers gave up a lot to go get Bryce Young, and that they could really use a D.J. Moore right now. And them not having any weapons, combined with the fact that Bryce Young is struggling, they're a complete mess. And this was something you could easily see coming, coming into the season. Yep. I, I mean, you're exactly right. Um, it doesn't mean that he's not going to be good. It's just, it's growing pains right now. Um, my fifth one is Sean Payton is not a good a good coach. Um, as I said earlier, he's been overrated his entire um, head coaching career. He was bailed out by the greatness of Drew Brees. And I'm going to leave it at that. That's my fifth surprise. No, that's my fifth. I told you so. Well, and my issue with Sean Payton is he talked a lot of shit in the offseason, and he has backed none of it up. It's, yes. It, Nathaniel Hackett was not great last year, but I don't, I felt like he, he took too much blame. There were plays where guys were wide open, but Russ couldn't see him over the middle of the field, and Hackett can't throw the ball for Russell Wilson. And Russ, he's so totally – just, um, I, I, you, you mentioning that, um, what is this talk that's been on Twitter um, that's resurfacing about the – how he was advocating for the draft lottery? Who? Sean Payton. I don't know. I, I haven't seen that, but I mean, it's completely Sean Payton thing to do. I, so I was thinking when I read that, um, before we started this, I'm like, is he tanking the team on purpose? To, to I me, I don't understand it. Yeah, to, I mean, to me, advocating for a draft lottery is just, I know people are like, oh, it's fun, it's an event, but you're in a way, it's taking away hope from teams like the Browns or like yeah. the Lions. And I know the Lions didn't draft quarterback, but they were able to get Aiden Hutchinson with the first pick. And we've seen multiple times teams be rescued by taking court, uh, quarterback number one. The Jaguars. That was a franchise that was basically an afterthought. And then they get Trevor Lawrence. It was rough the first season, but second season, you're in the division round of the playoffs. And I feel like I feel like whenever you bring a lottery system involved, there's always going to be skeptics that, oh, man, how the fuck did the Cowboys win it twice in like two years or something? Yes. 
And I just, I, I feel like, I feel like it's a little bit of a mess in baseball. It's a mess in the NBA. I just don't, I wouldn't even want to deal with it. Oh, no, that's, that's fair. And, and um, I just had to get that out before I forgot about that. And, and, and I cut you off. I do apologize about cutting you off, but um, go ahead and finish your thought. If you can remember it. Oh, basically, yeah. Sean Payton is just like, Sean, Sean Payton talked a lot of shit and he can't back any of it up. As bad as Hackett was last year for the, for the Broncos. I think a lot of that should go on Russ because there were guys running wide open. He would just miss them. And I think Russ has played a little bit better this year, but I just I don't think situationally Sean Payton's been a good coach. Um, his team's just a complete mess, and I don't think great coaches have seasons like this. Like, yeah, Andy Reid had a rough season, and his 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 run with the Eagles ended roughly. But I don't think it was ever at the point where you're getting blown out seven, you're giving up seventy points and whatever. It just Sean Payton he he feels very fraudish right now. Yep, and he's what he's getting paid a lot of money. He's getting paid a shit ton of money. Um, uh-huh. overpaid. Um, can you tell people about the dynamic that happened between Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett this week? They seem pretty oh. aggressive towards each other on the sidelines. Yeah, uh, basically in the offseason, Sean Payton said that he the job that Nathaniel Hackett did is basically the worst job he'd ever seen, and he just basically ran him down. <laughs> and what we're seeing is the Jets really took it to heart, and they were able to beat the Broncos, and they kind of they, they let Sean Payton know about it. And it's not surprising because Sean Payton, who I I don't know for whatever reason. Maybe it's because he did TV last year. He felt like he was tough shit, or he just maybe he just didn't be an asshole because he seems like an asshole. He's an asshole. He he just he wanted to talk shit, and then he quickly backtracked. And as soon as he said it in the off season, he tried to backtrack, and he's been trying to backtrack ever since because I think he saw oh shit this team fucking sucks. It it just Sean Payton's the ultimate guy who talks all the shit in the world. Has no ability to back it up, and he over he his arrogance I think is a. Thank you. Think, he's an arrogant think, prick. That's how he comes off. As. I think Sean Payton's arrogance is his biggest problem because he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and he's not. Yep, he's a Mark Cuban of the NFL. Um, okay, so those are our top five. I told you so's. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, now let's get into the best team in the AFC. Who do you have? It's the Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. Jesus Christ! Despite all their flaws. They have they've had struggles on offense. They have one of the five best defenses in the NFL. And when you when you combine that with having a top five quarterback, you're gonna be one of the top teams in the NFL. And in this case, they are the top team in the AFC. Okay, well, I have the the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think they're the best team top to bottom with the exception of the quarterback and tight end position. No, um, and head coaching position. position and throw but, forward. I'm sorry? Except that they're great, except they suck at the most position, the most important position in pro sports. And yet they're still winning. Um, they're they're three and two. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're still they're still winning barely above five hundred. Okay, yeah, uh huh. Um, best team in the NFC. Who do you have? It's the 49ers. I still don't think I, I don't believe in Brock Purdy. I'll just be one hundred percent honest, people. The 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 popular thing is, oh man, look at Brock Purdy. Look at this. Oh, he's MVP. Half of his touchdowns this. Half his touchdowns this season came against the Cowboys. He is a very much a game manager who does exactly what he's supposed to do, and good for him. I still think when you get into a game where he's got to wing it and he's got to go against one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, he's going to lose. And that's just kind of my overall feeling with Brock Purdy. But I right now, best team in the, in the NFC. You have to. My pick for the NF- best team in the NFC is the Detroit Lions. Um, Jared Goff is still going to do Jared Goff things, but top to bottom in the NFC – I still think that they're the best team. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan whatsoever. He's not his dad. That's a great um, point. Huh? Uh, I said that's a great point. And which one? Uh, Kyle Shanahan. You can't really trust him. His no. track record 
lead you to believe he's going to fuck up at some point in the playoffs. He is, as you told me several years ago, he is the Josh Allen of coaching. Oh yeah, he he. There's going to be some point where he just does something. In a way, it's a it's a little bit kind of like Andy Reid, except it's even a little bit worse. Yes. Or he'll just he'll just completely outthink himself, and it'll make no sense. As we've seen several times on the big stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Dan Campbell he relates to players differently, visually, as I've seen compared to Shanahan, and that's probably unfair to um, Kyle, but that's just how I perceive it to be. Um, I think Dan Campbell just comes off as he truly loves what he does. He truly cares about his players. He was a player. Um, and I think that confidence and that conviction oozes throughout the organization now. And I'm glad that Detroit has that. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm excited to watch every game that they have. Um, the worst team in the AFC, who do you have? It's the Patriots. They are a complete mess. That team, they got, they've what, they've been beaten 69 nothing over the last two weeks. They, they're a complete trash fire. I echo that. And I agree with you hundred percent on that garbage. Mac Jones was not good in college and he's not good in the NFL. And I don't even I, watch college. Matt Jones threw to what? He was throwing to Devonta Smith and I believe, was it was it Jalen Waddle? I think it was Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle in college. Yes. Like, you're throwing to NFL receivers and you had good offensive, you had a good offensive line. That team was complete and Matt Jones was, he had the benefit of being the quarterback. I can't, like, watching him, I couldn't believe he was a first round pick. He, to me, he just screamed second or third round pick who was, you were hoping he turned like a Kirk Cousins. Instead, he gets taken in the first round, and he had no business being taken in the first round. Not, not with what I saw from his limitations. Yes, I'm with you on that. And knowing my my college uh, I college football IQ, it's not very much. So what's that tell you? Um, worst team in the NFC, I have the New York Giants. Yeah, they stink. Oh, my God. I can't even think of the head coach. Bill, uh, Bill uh, well, fuck, uh, Brian DeBall. Brian DeBall. Yes. So Brian DeBall, this is my argument last year towards the end of the season, as you and I did the, the show about – um, who deserved what regarding the awards for Coach of the Year? I still, I still am convinced that it should have been Dan Campbell, opposed to Brian Dayball. And it's the same team. They thought it was going to be way better. They gave him all that money, and look what happened. And Brian Dayball supposed to be the offensive coordinator genius that he spoke that they labeled him as. Look what's happening. It's between him and the quarterback. They're both shit. They're already questioning the quarterback. They gave forty million dollars to. Yep, and it's week five. Not good at all. And who do you have? Well, my worst team is another team questioning the quarterback they've made uh, or they drafted. It's the Carolina Panthers. It really does not feel right, and it clearly feels like there is friction already with Carolina. The The front office and coaching staff wanted C.J. Stroud. Ownership wanted Bryce Young, and they're trying to figure out how to use Bryce Young and how to, how to get the most out of him. But Can I tell you something? He's clearly he's clearly out of the three quarterbacks that I've taken in the first round. He's clearly the third so far. Can I tell you something? Yeah. What do you think about a blockbuster trade? As I see it, I label it, and I may be wrong on this. Um, I think Carolina's the wrong spot for Bryce Young. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, but I think if Washington fired Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, the enemy became the head coach. They somehow were able to make a trade and get Bryce Young to come to the Washington Commanders and play with those guys. That offense would be a lot better. Would you agree? It, man, I think a lot of it would be the Panthers gave up so much for Bryce Young. They would need Washington to have like a top five pick 
that I could see maybe something like that happening in the offseason. That Washington's like, okay, maybe we maybe we don't like we can't get Caleb Williams or Drake May. We don't like the third quarterback. But we'll 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 try to make a trade for Bryce Young. And then if you're the Panthers, it's we're gonna try to get out of this. Well we can get the third quarterback. A lot of things would have to go right, but I could see something like that happening in the offseason. Because okay. it it clearly feels like there's a disconnect between the coaching staff, ownership, and Bryce Young. And I think that's on both sides regarding the Washington Commanders and the the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I just Washington, Washington to me, if they I think Washington is gonna look for an upgraded quarterback. I, I like how I think he maybe develops into a starting quarterback. I just don't I don't know that he's going to be anything more than just kind of a hit and hit and miss hot and cold quarterback. I don't think he's ever gonna be consistent. Maybe he turns Sam out Howell? to that, but he looks like a hot and cold quarterback to me. Sam Howe? Yeah. Yeah. And then for Bryce Young, I just I don't think it's a good fit. If you look at the Panthers, they've typically – if you look at uh, Panthers and their head coach, Frank Wright, he typically likes bigger quarterbacks with big arms who can push the ball down the field. Bryce Young is much more – I I think more of a athletic Russell Wilson. Not as – he's more athletic than Drew Brees, but he's a – he's more in that mold than he is. Yes, which I think would be way more beneficial with Eric Bieniemy than it would with who they have now. Yeah, I think it would look a lot – I think it would look a lot better if he had Eric Bieniemy. And that – Okay, um, let's jump into week six predictions, Jess. To close the show, um, I I did the podcast now because I know you and I are both going to go for the Chiefs, so it really didn't matter. Um, so the next game, also yeah, if you saw Russell Wilson play at any point, you 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 would you would have picked the Chiefs without even knowing who played for the Chiefs, right? Yes. yes. Um, so the next game is at eight thirty Central Time, be- in London between the Ravens and the Titans. Who do you have? I will go with the Titans. I think this is going to be a weird game. I'm not very confident in what I'm seeing out of the Ravens offense just because I I think there's lack of faith in their weapons. The Titans seem to play the Ravens tight. I will go I will go Titans in a close game. 16 to 13. 16 to 13. Oh wow. Um I did see Oh shit. One second. Um Marlon Humphreys has says players have hit him up looking to get traded to Baltimore. Um, do you think that would do any anything good for to boost their defense or no? I don't see the Ravens really making much move. I think they'll kind of roll what they have. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go. I want to. I was. I don't want to go with the Ravens, and they're not going to. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. I think this game basically you comes down a, a big game from from Queen Henry with three touchdowns, 250 yards. It's gonna happen. This game basically comes down to who makes the mistake. Is it gonna be Lamar and the Ravens offense? Or is going to be Ryan Tannehill in the Titans offense? That's yes. that's basically what I think the game is going to come down to. And maybe you could tell me who's the strongest uh, defensive player on the Titans? Probably Jeffrey Simmons. Who? What? What position is that? He's like a no tackle. Sometimes kick out. He kicks out to three, four, and very good pass rusher. Good? Very good pass rusher. Pretty good. Yeah, good player. Really good player. Okay. Um, next is the Panthers versus Dolphins. I'm going obviously with the with the Dolphins. Yeah, that's an easy one for me, Dolphins. And I'd be shocked if it's closer than it should be. Um, Saints versus Texans. I think this is a toss-up game, but I'm going to go with Derek Carr. I will go with the Texans because while I think the Saints have a better roster, I think the Texans have a better coach. I think I'm not that... the candidate to Allen, and I, I think D'Amico Ryans will be able to outcoach him. Okay. Well, see, I think they have a better team, um, but I think Texans have a better quarterback. But I think that the, the team aspect on defense and offense with the exception of Derek Carr is a lot better than the Texans. And I think you brought that up earlier saying that they have nobody to, to, to really rely on, on that offense with the Texans. Um, 
Commanders versus Falcons. This is a shit game. I will go with Commanders. I'm going to go Falcons because he hasn't lost a home game yet. This game, I expect this game to be high scoring. I expect both teams to be able to move the ball. And there would be there'd be a lot of points scored in this game. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the commanders win, but I'm gonna just go with the with the the juju regarding you can't jinx it and Desmond Ritter getting the win, or at least getting hurt and Taylor Heineke finally coming in to save the day. Um Colts versus Jaguars. I'm gonna go with the Colts. I will go with the Jaguars. I think the Colts win 28-17. Um and Gardner Minshew has probably 350 yards two touchdowns, one interception, and the running game saves the day. And I'll pick the Jaguars because Gardner Minshew is the Colts quarterback. Okay. Um, Seahawks versus Bengals. I will go Seattle. I'm going to go um, Bengals. This, this could probably be the game. This could be a game of the week candidate. Uh, I think these two teams are fairly evenly matched. Yes. I believe Seattle's coming off a bye. So... Well, yeah. There were there were yeah. rumors of the Bengals trading away Jamar Chase and a second round draft pick to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, for uh, Jamison Williams, um, and two first round draft picks. Yeah, that, that that's not gonna happen. I'm just saying uh, that that was the rumor. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. Seattle. Seattle's coming off a bye after their dominant Monday night win versus the New York Giants. They they had a bunch of sacks. We'll see if they can carry the momentum. I think Seattle has. I think Seattle probably has the more reliable weapons and offense because I know the Jaguar or I know the Bengals look good against the Cardinals last week. I think I trust Seattle a little bit more than I do with the Bengals. I think the Bengals, a lot of that was them being able to beat up on a on a thin Cardinals defense. I I think that's fair. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with the with the Seahawks too. Then um, I changed my pick. The Vikings versus Bears. I think the Vikings are gonna blow out the Bears. By at least I, thirty points, I, I, it's going to be forty to. It's going to be forty-two ten. I think they. I think it's reversed. The Bears are going to blow out the Vikings. Not at all. The Vikings don't. The Vikings don't have their best player playing. They're a team that's kind of on the edge. I think the Bears have confidence now. I think they'll be able to move the ball all over the Vikings defense. I, I think this what? game. I think this is a big game for DJ Moore, and I think the Bears win easily. Oh, the disrespect. Okay. Um, 49ers versus Browns. I'm going 49ers. I will also go 49ers. Patriots versus Raiders. This is a tough one. I I think I will go with the Patriots just because what? I don't I don't Oh my god. I don't think Belichick is gonna let McDaniels beat him. Okay, now that's a great point. That's a great point. But I'm still going Belichick. with the Raiders. I don't, I don't think I don't think Belichick will let him. I don't think he's going to let his team stoop to the level of I'm losing to a, a coach who might also get fired. <laughs> um, that's a great point. Now, if Will Greer comes in and he's more dynamic than Mac Jones, when does that happen? After the first quarter, if he's just throwing picks after picks? Or, you know, because if you're telling me that this guy's supposed to be really good, I need to make sure I don't make the mistake and pick the wrong guy because of the quarterback. However, the Raiders' offense has more weapons than the Patriots. Jacoby well, Myers is it's gonna amazing. Be he should be a number one receiver. I don't think it's going to be Will Greer. I think it's going to be Bailey Zappi. And I don't I mean, I don't think there's a ton of difference between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, but I, if Bailey Zappi plays, I think 
I don't really see there being much of a difference between Bailey Zappi and Mag Jones. I think oh, then I'm going with the Raiders 100. I think New England squeaks out a close game. I just my if I were to guess, this game ends because Jimmy G throws a terrible pick. I disagree with that. Um, the next few weeks is going to be telling for the Raiders, and I think they're they're going to be able to bail themselves out. In the next five games, they have the Raiders have the Patriots, the Bears, the Lions, the Giants, and the Jets. You would think they should be able to beat the Patriots. I'm pretty sure they're going to beat the Bears. They're going to lose to the Lions. They'll be able to beat the Giants and the Jets. So four to five is not bad. You are really overestimating the skills of Josh McDaniels. Oh, no, I'm not. I have no faith in Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Every no, podcast we've had, I've said fire Josh McDaniels. My faith is in the players to win the game. Yeah, I don't. I, the Raiders are probably going to lose a couple of games stupidly. I don't expect them. I wouldn't expect them to do anything more than two and three in that. Or two okay, two. the only thing that would hold them back is if you're playing these teams and Josh Jacobs does not have more than 30 to 60 yards. That's the range. If he can't eclipse any more than those, they fucking lose. They fucking lose, and Josh Jacobs needs to go. Whatever has happened this whole year, he's played like shit. He's bitched about wanting to leave. He's bitched about not playing well. He's tired of losing. Well, he's the main reason they've lost so many games. Um. The next game I have is between the Lions and the Buccaneers. I will go with the Bucs. I think it's an upset here. I think the Bucs win. I'm going Lions. The Bucs have no running game. I don't think the Lions will be able to stop their passing game. I think the Bucs have, probably have a better coach, but they have no running game. So they're going to be destroyed. Baker's not going to be have the ball. Um, Cardinals versus Rams. I can see an upset here, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I will also go with the Rams. Eagles versus Jets. I think this will be closer than people think, but I, I, I will go Eagles – I'll go Eagles, but I think it'll be closer than people think. I'm with you. Um, Giants versus Bills. Why do they keep giving the Giants these primetime games? <laughs> they just all the fucking time are in these primetime games, and they fucking suck. It makes me want to put money on the fucking Jets and the Giants. To be honest with you, uh, I'll go. I'll go with the Bills. This game is probably stupid as hell. Well. Um, Cowboys versus Chargers. I'm gonna go with the Bills too. This is a tough game because it's it's the movable object, the the resistible force. Both of these teams find ways to do dumb shit. I'll I'll go with I I, I think I'll go with the Cowboys. The Cowboys. I mean, you can't really lose this game and expect to even have a shot at winning the division. That I, I they're already at a they're already two games back. But I mean, you you can't lose this game and expect to win the division. I would expect they're going to come out and they're going to try to be at least more competitive than they were against San Francisco. This is a big game because if the Cowboys lose this one, I mean, we can then start to have conversations about them not even making the playoffs. I agree. Well, the Chargers are going to make the playoffs either. Um, and I think that Kellen Moore may have an upper hand um, because he knows the offense. That is his offense um, or was his offense. Um, let's say that. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers, and that's for Monday Night Football. So those are our predictions for Week 6. This has been the Week 5 review. Jess, would you like to make any other um, points regarding Week 5, heading into Week 6, or anything regarding Week 6 before we head I, I think what we're going to see is we're, we're starting to see some of the teams that are going to be playoff contenders, and I think we're going to start to see some movement here with some of the trade. Just real quick before we go, who's the biggest name you see besides Kirk Cousins being – the main guy to be tra- the main guy to be traded. That's an interesting question. Mm. I could see. I think you have to start thinking maybe about Patrick Sertan. Maybe I don't. 
I know the Broncos probably wouldn't want to trade him, but I think you get a, I think somebody would give a lot for him as a as a top corner in the NFL. I think he might be the biggest name move if there's a team that really wants a shot down corner. I, th- I think that's probably the biggest name that could get traded. I think the Rams would be beneficial for. I think he would be good for the Rams. That seems like a very Ramsian type move is to trade for a top level corner and just give up all the draft picks again. Okay, this should be interesting. Um, and when does the uh, trade deadline end? I believe it is the end of October. Well, time's ticking, baby. Time is ticking. And hopefully the Chiefs make some progress with that, too. And we actually get a number one receiver because we don't have one right now. And I would look for the Cowboys to make some noise regarding receivers because C.D. Lamb still isn't that great. I think they're a prime- He's not on the level of being a number one receiver. I should say that. I think they're a prime candidate to trade for someone like Jerry Judy. Mm, that's interesting. Well, on that note, Jesse, we had a great show today. Um, we had a great week. You and I went to AEW. Thank you for that. It was a great time. Um, hopefully, we can do more of that. Hopefully, we can go do some more stuff, interview some other people. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Referendum Podcast brought to you by Finn Flam Sports. We would like to invite you to like us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you can find somebody, we are there. TikTok, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to give us your support. We truly appreciate it. We hope to see you next time. You don't stop. What's happening in the world today? You don't. You don't. You don't. We need to make a change one day.